Amen. How many enjoying the holiday season? Yeah, about 37%. That's awesome. And, and, uh, and, and don't forget, next weekend, same schedule. Okay? So same schedule, and, and you ought to tweet that and post that and do all your social stuff and do the thing and jigger to the dealy bob. Amen. Get, get, people, get people to come with you. It's a great time of the year to bring people to the house of God. Amen. Because in reality, you know, that 37% thing of woohoo, that's about normal. You know, uh, we, we have a great, uh, a great God, but still there's a lot of people who, who are acquainted with God that aren't having a great season. There's something about this time of year that brings to the surface a lot of stuff that people have dealt with, not only in the last year, but over the years. And it just keeps bringing, you know, it's like a bruise that a bruise is inward bleeding. And it's stuff on the inside that suddenly gets brought to the surface because a, a chair that used to be full is now empty. Or, 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 and, and just loss and, and tragedy that we deal with. It's crazy, but uh, more suicides. The suicide rate is higher between Thanksgiving and the end of the year than the rest of the year combined. People are dealing with all kinds of stuff. And we have an enemy that, that takes advantage of every open door. Come on. You, you know, uh, you know your, your enemy's defeated, but I tell you what, uh, if you don't know how to demonstrate his defeat, he can beat you up. Right? And he, he can just hammer you, and, and he can come against your mind, and he's looking for opportunities to, to, to you know, get some, uh, some grip on some people. Looking for strongholds. And a lot of great people... Uh, just get hammered with unhealthy thoughts this time of year. And uh, people end up reminding themselves. You know, I think the enemy has a great ability to get you to remind yourself of hurts, failures, loss, pain, things that you should be over, you know, things in the past. And, 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 but he just keeps reminding you. And there, you got to understand something, that, that you have the mind of Christ. Okay, you have the mind of Christ. And when the enemy is trying to remind you, he's trying to take you back to that old mind. And you, you got to have something, you know, that says, you know what? No, I ain't going there because I, I, I'm freed from that. I'm healed from that. But a lot of people don't know how, don't know how to demonstrate God life. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. We're talking about a crazy good life that God has for each of us. But a lot of us, even church people, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and this is the holiday message, okay? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Do the little tote thing. There's a, there's a lot of, usually, last night people were throwing money. Um, of course, I was wearing tighter jeans. But, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. Could have been that. Uh, talk about the devil putting nasty thoughts in your mind. Okay. <laughs> Even against hope, you can hope. It's Christmas. I, I, maybe it's the fumes. I'm just, uh, you know, high. Even church people, and, and, and I, I, you know, I don't want to thin anybody, but I want to enlighten everybody. Because a lot of us, we end up looking at God life, and it's like that snow globe. And we see it. It's in there. We can imagine it. But it ain't real. Not in our world. 
And every once in a while, you know, coming to, coming to church can be like shaking up the snow globe. And we hear about the life that God has for us. And then we go back out into what we call the real world and deal with real issues, real problems. And I'm here today to tell you that that mindset is a, it's the fruit of a seed that's been planted by Satan himself to keep you from understanding that God life is very real, very obtainable. And it ought to be what we are demonstrating every single day of our life. But because of pain and because of torment and because of tragedy and because of, well, the stuff that most of us refer to as life. We end up getting separated from the very life that Jesus came to give us. And, and you know that if you're, not, if you're not hitting the mark that God has created for you, you know, it just sounds strange to say it this way, but it's just the truth. If you're missing the mark, what are you doing? Well, you're sinning. You know, well, well wait, uh, you, you know, you don't, don't try to pile sin on us. Don't have to. We all pile it on ourselves. You know, and, 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 you know, and Romans 8 says there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So if you're in Christ, you know, don't get under condemnation. But how about we just reach over and hit the light switch for a minute? And say, you know what, I don't have to miss the mark. I can hit the mark. I can know and experience God life. I can have more life than death. I can experience more joy than sorrow. I can know more peace than chaos. I can have more health than sickness, bless God. I can experience more provision than lack. God has called me to this life, and I'm not going to sell for something that's different than the life that he's prescribed. So there's areas in our life, and I want you to just kind of, kind of open up and agree with me today that there's areas in our life where we're not seeing it, and this ought not to be so, my brethren. Throw a little King James at you. So we got sin in our life. And sin, I'm, I'm going to prove to you today that sin, man, I tell you, sin really isn't the issue. Sin produces all kinds of issues, but sin isn't the issue. Because God would love to help you get victory over sin. Check this out. Isaiah chapter 1. The Lord says, let's settle the matter. I love that. Come on now. Let's settle the matter once and for all. You're stained red with sin. But I will wash you clean as snow. And although your stains are deep red, you will be white as wool. You, you say, hey, you want a you, you white Christmas? God's saying, I can help you out here. But look at these next words in verse 19. If, 19, if, there it is. Thank you for finally putting that up there. practiced all night for this. <laughs> if you will only obey me. Yeah, I think we missed that part. If you will only obey me. And, and, and that plenty to eat. You know, you, well, uh, and a lot of people, they'll, they'll take that verse 19 and, and they'll make that like their life scripture. But it's tied to verse 18. 
And he said, you know what? You got this stuff in your life. I'll make you white as snow if you'll just obey me. If you'll just obey me. Well, what does that mean? That means that there's probably some stuff that you wouldn't do on your own that I'm going to suggest that you do so that you can do so that you can get the result that is produced by doing it. You know, isn't that kind of what the Bible's all about? Instruction for us so we know how to live the right way. We started last year fasting, and, you know, uh, and we're going to start this year too, but last year we started fasting. We used a scripture out of Ezra where it said, uh, you know, God, we're going to fast and set this time aside that you might show us a right way for us, a right way for our kids, a right way for our substance. There's a right way for you. There's a right way to live. His ways are not our ways. I'm not sure why we grapple with this reality so much. Because we're, we're always trying to fight and dig our heels in and, and, and get it our way. Our way doesn't produce the life that God's promised. You know, our, our, way, our way just leads to more and more trouble. And, and, and it kind of magnifies. Everybody has chaos. You do God life, God's way, you're going to experience chaos. But you get more peace than chaos God's way. In the middle of your chaos, there's a peace that opens up and swallows it up. Oh, your way, you get the chaos, but the chaos is, is amplified. And, 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 you know, we all want something fresh, something new, but it's not achieved with our old way of living, our old way of thinking. And, and, and it's going to take believing something that we haven't, you know, really given ourselves to in the past to get what God has for us. You know, for example, you know, if you'll only obey me, check this out. He, he, you know, in, in the book, he says, you know, you're, you're going to have to be willing to take people that have hurt you, people that have accosted you. They might even have molested you, people who have betrayed you, people who have lied to you, people who have stolen from you, people who have persecuted you. And Jesus said, what I want you to do when you do life my way, I want you to pray for them. And we're not talking like that country western song. Where he's praying that your house burns down, the dog runs away, your wife hooks up with somebody else. He said, I'll be praying for you. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about praying blessings over the lives of people who have been the hardest on us. Talking about speaking well. Jesus said, I want you to speak well of them. It's quiet in here now. I mean, think about it. Jesus, on the cross, when he says, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. Well, haven't you ever read that and thought to yourself, they knew exactly what they were doing. They, they weren't on crack. You know, the dude with the hammer and the, and the nail, he knew what he was doing. He's driving nails. And Jesus said, you know what? He doesn't know what he's doing. You know what he, what, he, what he was doing is he was choosing to see it a different way. And I think that's what God is, is telling you and I, is that what we have to be willing to do, you know, is, is to see differently. See the circumstances differently. See the situation from a different perspective. Isaiah says, arise and shine. Rise to a new life. That word arise, it literally means change your perspective. Don't see it through those old eyes. Don't, don't see it through carnality, but, but kind of come up to a different place, you know, where my thoughts are higher. Get up here where you can think higher thoughts and look at life differently. And I'm going to tell you something that when God looks at your life, he sees it differently. 
I know exactly. I, 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 and they know exactly what they're doing. And I know exactly what they were doing. You've got to see it different. Look at somebody and tell them it's time to change your view. I think when you're ready to do this, you actually set the stage for your white Christmas. And if forgiveness wasn't tough enough, you know, this time of year, a lot of people, they deal with stuff that's even harder than forgiving others. That's when it comes to forgiving themselves. You know, and thoughts come into your mind, I hate myself. Can't believe I did that. I hate myself for what I've done, for what I've caused, and I don't even think God could forgive me. And that's a crazy thought to me. After you look at the investment that God made to provide forgiveness. You know, if you're thinking that thought, you've got to realize something's come in and twisted your thoughts. Because the truth is, the truth is, forgiveness has already been given. You know, these thoughts are kind of like a, like a mind that's haunted. It's kind of like the ghost of Christmas past that keeps coming up this time of year. And reminding people of what they've been through and what they've lost and what's been taken from them, what people have done, and, and, and reminding them of pain and reminding you of how you should have handled it and what you should have said and what you shouldn't have said and where you should have gone and where you shouldn't have gone. And, 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 he just, and, and it's, it's like a ghost that haunts your life. You know, ever think about it, a little boy lays in bed every night and, and, and freaks out because, you know, there's something in the closet. And you come in and, and you, you turn the lights on and you, you open the closet door and, you, and you, you, know, you spread the clothes out and you show him it's not there. It's not there. Well, what he believes is it's gone now. But it was there. It's fast. And about the time you turn the lights off, he'll be back. And you can, you can tell him, listen, that ghost isn't real. But he believes it's real. And a lot of believers, I got to tell you something, that ghost from your past isn't real. You just believe it's real. you just like that little boy. You know the word ghost? The interesting word is the word wraith, W-R-A-I-T-H. Same root word, we get the word wreath. You know that thing that's hanging on your door? Wreath. Also, the word we get, uh, where we get the word wrath. We'll talk about that on a different Sunday. But all of them, you, you know what it means is twisted. A wreath is twisted greenery. A wraith is a twisted thought. That's where we get the word ghost. It's not real. It's just a twisted thought. And the reality is, is that a lot of people who struggle with their past is because the ghost has twisted your mind, your thinking. If you can't get past your past, it's because you're thinking wrong. You have twisted thinking. And I know what some of you are thinking today. Well, my, my thinking's not twisted. That's the first sign of a twisted mind. You're looking across the room, and you're going, dear God, I'm sure glad Todd and Keith are here, but the rest of us, you know, we're cool. <laughs> you, can always, you can always put that on somebody else, but the reality is, is what about your life? What about your life that, where God life is a snow globe, and you can lay in bed and play songs and imagine it, but when you get up and leave the house, that's not what you experience. Is it possible that you have twisted thoughts? 
You know, all of us, all of us are dealing with twisted thoughts in, in one form or another, and we're all dealing with a twisted past in one form or another, and we all tend to deal with it in similar ways. One way is we attempt to bury it and, you know, sweep it under the rug. I think that's what a lot of men do. Just uh, give it enough time, it'll go away. The ladies are sitting there going, I'll get to you. Well, you know, time heals all wounds. Time, can I tell you something? Time heals nothing. And especially a wounded spirit, time ain't helping you. It, I'm telling you, that ain't how you get past your past by putting enough time between you and the issue. Hello, somebody. You, you know, uh, look at Proverbs 28, 13. It says, people who conceal their sin will not prosper. Can I just tell you something today? That if you're not getting past your past, you're not, missing, you're not hitting the mark that God has for your life. It's sin. Now, good news is, even though your sin is red like scarlet, I can wash you, God said, and make you white as snow. He can set you free from that. But the reality is, is if you're not getting past your past, you're missing the mark. And if you try to hide it, you can't prosper. Tell yourself, well, I'm just going to hide it. I hide my pain. I'm going to ignore my junk. It'll go away. No, no, no. You'll never prosper, never heal. It's still there. It's still haunting you. You know, really, this is one of the reasons next year when we launch the grow groups, you know, I'm really excited about because you'll have the opportunity to get in places where you can build some relationships and, and deal with the issues of life. You know, the Bible says that if you... Uh, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you'll be healed. You need somebody in your life. Come on, you can't, you can't keep hiding this stuff. You know, another way we try to deal with our twisted past is we end up beating ourselves up over it. I'm such a fool. What an idiot. I'm a jerk. I'm never going to be able to be good enough. And, and, you know, can I just tell you that David, he, he, David was famous for writing the Psalms, and, but he was actually a guy with a pretty heavy, twisted past, and he beat himself up a lot too. He committed adultery and then tried to cover it up. And then he had the woman's husband sent, remember, to the front lines during battle so that he would die. And, and so he combined murder and adultery and a bunch of other stuff. But in Psalms 38, listen to what he said in verse 4. He said, I'm drowning in the flood of my sins. They are a burden too heavy to bear. Because I have been foolish, my sores stink and rot. I'm bent over. I'm crushed. I'm mourn all day long. I'm burning with fever, and I am near death. I am worn out and utterly crushed. My heart is troubled. I groan with pain. I think a lot of people can relate to how he was feeling. But I still ain't getting you past your past. You know, another way that we deal with a twisted past is we just blame somebody else. This started, this is the first story in the Bible. First story in the Bible, that, you know, Adam and Eve, and they, and they start, you know, it's the woman you gave me. It's about time for you, get, you to get a new line, brotherhood. You know, uh, we, we just find somebody else to blame, and, 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 and you know, she did it too. It, it was the snake, and, 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 and you know, we, we, we got, we, we got our own issues, and now it's somebody else's fault. So now, now not only can we not get past our past, but now neither can people associated with us get past our past. 
He said, what are we going to do with all this? You know, it, hey, here's the deal. Is if we're going to get past our past, if we're going to get our brains untwisted, all we got to do is build a new set of beliefs. You know, this sounds like a real churchy statement, and it kind of is, but hang in here with me for a minute, and I'll help you see how to apply it. And I'm telling you, it can change everything. What you need to do is learn how to trust God. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to trust God. You know, I think a lot of us think we know what it means to trust God, but really the reality is uh, if your life isn't producing what a life that puts it trust in God produces, then you have to kind of wonder if maybe your definition of trusting God is different than what he was talking about. You know, Acts 16, 32 uh, says, put your entire trust in the master Jesus. You'll live the life you were meant to and your whole house too. You know, what's funny to me is that a lot of people, uh, they're using that verse for household salvation, but they don't apply it to their own life. They're not living the life they were meant to. And I'm not talking about you're not jumping through the, uh, the, the ceremonial hoops. I'm talking about you don't have victory. Matter of fact, you're, you're crushed because, and you're blaming it on your unsaved family. Put your entire trust in the master and you will live the life you're meant to. You'll have this God life thing going. Another verse uh, says that when you trust God from the bottom of your heart, your bones will glow with health. You're sick all the time. Where's your health? I don't feel good. Trust God, not your feelings. You just don't understand because you don't know what it's like to be sick. I refuse to live sick. You don't think that I've never had the opportunity to be sick? That I don't get up and find swollen parts of my body or lumps someplace that they shouldn't be or, or feelings that ought not to be there? You know, you know what really sucks about walking in health is you can't take time off for sickness. I end up having to lie to take a sick day. <laughs> but I was raised by a guy who had conquered cancer through the power of God's word. And he just, he just poured the word of God into us. You know, he was crazy about the word of God. My, my dad was crazy. And he's crazy about the word of God. He was actually crazy and crazy about the word of God. And, the, and, and you know what? Uh, when, when, when we were kids and somebody said, how are you doing? If you said, okay, you're in trouble. Why are you only doing okay? Why in the world would you accept okay when great is available to you? And I'd say, I, I'm great. And, you know, and as a kid, I thought, my God, you can't even say, you can't even tell the truth. But the reality is, is the truth was, is that we were never sick. You know, my, my mom had an episode, had to be taken to the hospital. She's 80 years old when this occurred. We get to the hospital and they come in, they start probing her and doing their stuff like they're supposed to. And they, they, and they looked at her and they said, uh, when's the last time you saw the doctor? And she leaned around and she looked at me and she said, when were you born? Well, you guys are just healthy people. No, no, no. I got to tell you something. We have opportunities every week. I don't know how I got off on that. 
Well, if, if, you're, if you're not trusting God correctly, don't you want to do it right? Your definition of trusting God is what? Attending a church service? And tithing as long as the finances aren't too tight? Your sin is red like scarlet. He said, I will make you white as snow if you'll just obey me. This is better than you're letting on. You can't, you can't just bury your issues. You can't beat yourself up. You can't blame somebody else. What you need to do is embrace a new set of beliefs. You got to realize God sees my past differently. God sees my life differently than I do. I just don't believe what he sees. And so what I have to do is build a belief system that believes what he sees. I know what you're thinking. I don't think that's true in my life. I, 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 I don't think that's true in my life. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any person is in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Look at somebody and say, hello, fresh and new. If you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, the fresh and new has come. Now, you're a new creature altogether. Well, why do you keep referring to the stuff you had before you were born again? Well, he's speaking spiritual. Well, your spirit still sucketh too. You've got this ghost of the past. It's gone. Matter of, I love this in the, in the New Living. It says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. Turn the light on, spread out the clothes. He's not in a closet. A new life has begun. Let me tell you the first thing that you're going to have to do if you're going to build a new belief system is you're going to have to believe what God says is true. It's time to believe you know, the problem isn't that the old thing isn't gone because it is gone. The problem is that you don't believe the old thing is gone. God said the old thing is gone. You just don't believe what God said. My job ain't to help take away the old because it's already gone. My job is to get you to believe what God said. And if you can do that, I'm telling you, everything in your life can change today. You can leave here seeing a new reality, and you can have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. You have a white Christmas. You have a white Christmas. When it's raining, you're new. When the sun's shining, you're new. When it's snowing, you're new. Old things, gone. New things, here. And can I tell you something? When God makes you new, he don't improve the old you. We're new and improved. No, there's no such thing as new and improved. That's a marketing scheme. Look at the new and improved model. It's the same thing with a different box. And, and you know what really kills me on the new and improved stuff? We've improved our product. It's got a new box, but the contents are less. And if it's food, that bothers me. Just saying. Just wanted to get that out there. Okay. Here's the deal. Check it out. How does God help us get past our past? He uses people with a past. 
I mean, he's looking around going, yeah, you, you know, people are going to struggle get, get, getting past their past. So what we need to do is find somebody who's really got a past so he can lead people that have a past on to a journey that will help them get past their past. So what's he do? He comes up with this guy. Uh, think about it. A big old honking chunk of your New Testament. More than half of your New Testament was written by a guy who had a past. He wasn't just a murderer. He's stinking serial killer. Paul, Paul, you know, Paul went around killing people, and he wasn't killing bad people. He was killing Jesus people, and he liked it. And he's having, you know, execution parties, taking out new believers in, in, in the church, and God says, use him. And I bet heaven said, say what? Have you seen what he's done? He said, Exactly. So God finds a guy with the past to lead the way for people with the past to get past the past. And look at what Paul said, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Now here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. I want you to say those two words with me. Full acceptance. Now say it loud. Full acceptance. One more time. You got to get this. Here's here's what you got to do. You got to give the word of God full acceptance. Listen to what he says. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And he said, if it's hard for you to believe it, let me prove it. I was the worst. How do you get past your path? You believe what God said. You're struggling with your past because of unforgiveness. And he said, Jesus came to save people. So forgiveness has been released. Hello, somebody. You got to give this thing full acceptance. See, the problem is, is that you got to really trust that what God said is what God meant. You got to really believe God. Well, how, how do we do How do we increase our faith? How do, how do you believe more? You give it full, except none of this half-hearted believer stuff. Well, you know, I'm waiting for a manifestation. I want a manifestation to show. I, I want the angels to come down and do the river dance in the driveway. Then I'm going to believe what God said. I'm waiting until till I actually feel better. Then I'll believe that God sent his word and healed me. No, no, you give it full acceptance. You know, uh, here's the problem is that a lot of us don't really ever fully accept that it doesn't take anything to talk us out of the promise of God. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And then you get a, a thing in the mailbox from somebody, you know, and, and they say that you owe money. Well, I guess that this is just the burden I'm supposed to bear and God has forsaken me. Don't you believe God's going to meet all your needs? Yeah, but I've made some horrendous mistakes. Thank God that Jesus came to save people who made mistakes. Hello? You need it to believe a new reality in order to untwist your thinking, and that'll set you free to enjoy the life God's called you to live. Get free from the ghost of Christmas past. I'm going to share with you a couple of things to help us get us started. And the first thing is something that we got to stop doing. A lot of people are doing it, and they don't even realize they're doing it. But when it comes to forgiveness, you know what we end up doing? We try to earn our forgiveness. Stop it. Look at your neighbor and say, stop it. 
We're, we're dealing with God, not Santa. Yeah, you can get your picture taken with Santa, but let me tell you something about Santa. Santa keeps score. I'm making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. That ain't how God rules. And the problem with you trying to earn forgiveness is that then you try to make everybody else earn it too. Forgiveness isn't earned. Forgiveness is received. Jesus said, freely you have received, so freely give. You know why you struggle forgiving people? Because you struggle receiving forgiveness yourself. So you can't give something you ain't got. But when you have it and there's an overabundance of it, you ain't got no problem at all giving it. And I know, trust me, I know, I can feel it. There's people in the room right now, and, you, and, and, and there's something on the inside of you that's just fighting to, to, to not accept the reality that forgiveness is already handled. And you're saying, no, 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 I, I forgive him, but, well, no, there ain't no but. You got to stop trying to earn forgiveness. Somebody say Amen. Well, I'll forgive him, but I'll never talk to him again. <laughs> then you haven't forgiven him. Why won't you release freedom? He hasn't earned it. Neither have you. When you get in the position that you think forgiveness should be earned, you're going to make others earn it too. The fact is, you're just struggling. You have difficulty receiving Forgiveness. The root of unforgiveness is unbelief. You don't believe what God said. You haven't given it full acceptance. It's sad, but the fact is, is most Christians don't even believe the gospel. All your sin has already been paid for. Now, now don't get mad. Just try to give some thought. Past sins. Present sins, future sins. If you sin after church today, Jesus does not have to be crucified again. So we're free to sin? What are you, an idiot? Ah, you, sin's going to create all kinds of havoc in your life. But the fact is, is that forgiveness isn't earned, it's received. Sin is not the problem, folks. Unbelief is. People, oh my gosh, check it out. People are not going to hell because of sin. The Bible doesn't say, stop sinning and you shall be saved. It says, believe and you shall be saved. And it's weird to me that our mind slides all the way across the thing and says, he's saying it's okay to sin. No, I'm not. I'm saying that sin's not your problem. Unbelief is. And when you learn to believe God, you won't have any problem at all obeying God. Why? Because you know that it, it's his purpose 
to give you a life that's on the increase and, and that's blessed and, and abundant and healthy and flourishing. When, I mean, Jesus looked at people, he healed them and said, go and sin no more. Why? So they wouldn't go to hell? No, so they wouldn't fall in the same trap that they'd been in before. You got, to, you, you got the right to demonstrate Satan's defeat every day of your life. You do not do in that you don't, by living a life of sin. But in order to be free from the power of sin, you got to believe what God said about it. Ephesians 2.8, it's by grace you've been saved. That grace didn't cover, hide your sin. That grace empowered you to overcome it. You're, but it's through faith. And this isn't from yourself. It's a gift of God. A gift is something that's given to someone who's done nothing to deserve it. You don't earn gifts, you receive them. It's not by works, because then you'd be bragging about yourself. You don't earn it, you receive it. You don't need forgiveness today. You need to develop your faith to receive it. Because it's already been given. Come on, somebody. If I can get you to believe that, I can get your entire life to change. Because a lot of people, when they're dealing with, with their sickness or their, or their financial crap or their, or their relational crud, and, they, and well, I, get, look at the, look, I just made all these mistakes, and the enemy gets you to looking at you, you know what you need to do? You need to stop trying to earn what God has given you and start using what God has given you. Hello, somebody. You know what you got to do, too? Number two? One, you, you just got to stop trying to earn forgiveness. Number two, you got to be ready to disarm every lie of the enemy. Because I got Here's the bad news. I got good news today and got bad news. The bad news is ghosts come back to haunt. Okay, here he comes. And, 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 and well, think about it this way. I want to forgive, but I just can't forget. Will you pray with me so I can forget? No. You're not going to forget. You're just going to choose to see it differently. Somebody whacks your arm off. I've forgiven him. Well, you're not going to forget. You don't have an arm. Well, yeah, but I want to be like God, and God forgets. The Bible does not say that. No, it says that God forgets our sins. No, it says he remembers our sins no more. Remember is a word that means to bring back, re brings back to the original state members, like the members of your body. It's like putting something back together. He said, I never bring it back and use it against you ever again. God's all-knowing. He knows everything. Well, then how could he forget anything? If he can forget your sin, he can forget your address. He can forget where you're at. He can forget what you're going through. He can forget who you are. See, you cannot consistently perform a task that's inconsistent with your character. So if God was consistently forgetting sin, he'd be consistently forgetting you're his. No, he just never uses it against you again. You want to live like Jesus lives? Stop using people's past against them. Forgive them. Hello, somebody. How? Be equipped to disarm every lie of the enemy. That's why you're going to need God's word every stinking day of your life. Because this is how 
you overcome the enemy. John 8, he says he's the, not only a liar, but he's a father of liars. Revelation says he stands before God and makes accusations day and night against you. God don't listen, but you do. Before the enemy can defeat you, he has to disarm you. Well, if you're defeated in an area, don't you have to automatically recognize you're disarmed? Oh, don't shout me down just because I'm preaching good. You end up living defeated. It's because you've been disarmed. What you need to do is learn how to disarm the enemy. The enemy comes and he tells you, you are so wrong. Look at your life. It's all wrong. You're wrong. Everything's wrong. And you got to be able to say, well, wait a minute. You're saying I make mistakes. That's okay. Okay. I, I, I hear that. And you're showing me where I wandered off the trail. Yeah, I see that. And you know what? I really appreciate you, Satan, for pointing that out because I won't do that no more. But this thing about how wrong I am, I got a problem with that. because, And I know it kind of makes sense how wrong I am, except God says I'm right. Now, I hear what you're saying. You're saying I'm wrong, but God says I'm right. And I got to choose who I'm going to go with here today. And today, you ain't it. You want some Bible for it? Check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself, and Christ made us right with God. So the enemy's pointing out, you're wrong, right, but I'm right. So I don't have to earn right, I have to receive right. After I receive right, now I'm going to live right. Just to rub your nose in it, you stinking lying devil. And he says, what you're doing is wrong. You ought to say, thanks for pointing that out. I'll stop, but I'm still right. He made me pure. I don't have to strive to be pure. I have to receive purity. And then I live a life that protects purity. I don't have to try to earn holy. He made me holy. Now I just live a life that demonstrates holiness. He has freed me from sin. I don't got to earn that. I receive it. And now I'm going to live and prove that I have power to overcome sin. Hello, somebody. I'm right with God. Look at somebody tell them, I'm right with God. <laughs> you know, that memory thing is, is kind of It's kind of crazy. I think this is where, I told you girls, I'll, I'll deal with you. This is where ladies, this is where ladies really excel. Getting a heated discussion. Well, an enthusiastic debate. A uh, vibrant conversation. Long time ago, but, sh- you know, okay, not that long ago, but, uh, I have the ability to irritate people. It's one of my gifts. I operate in it quite often. During one of those moments, Shelby was pointing out some things. But then she, she said, you said, and I stopped her and said, I swear I never said that. You said, I said, Shelby, I did not say that. She said, yes, you did. October 22nd, 1994. 
You were wearing a blue Levi t-shirt. You had on gray corduroys and those stupid shoes you used to always wear. Uh, you know, new rule, 12 days. You got 12 days, and then you got to get some new material, okay? 12 days. Look at your neighbor and say, you got 12 days. What, what you got to be able to do is get over it. God has, you can. Somebody say amen. amen. You need to stop trying to earn forgiveness. You need to be armed and ready to disarm the lies of the enemy. And number three, and the Bible's full of this all the way through, you got to be willing to let God turn it around. All through the Bible, over and over and over and over and over and over again, there's stories of how God took horrible situations and turned them. And it's crazy that so many believers don't tap into this amazing power that God is willing to operate in your life and take what was intended for evil and turn it and use it for good. Now, now, now listen to me. In the next couple of minutes, I just want to tie this thing together in a way that, so in a way that you can really wrap your heart and mind around it. You need to try, try you, you know, you just need to stop trying to earn forgiveness. You need to get equipped to disarm the lie of the enemy. But you need to look at the things that have brought you the most pain and ask God, how am I going to use that for ministry? We have a family in our church, a young family. I talked to them and asked if I could share this. But this year, they experienced great tragedy. One of their children, they had been out this summer and got home and went in and took naps. And later, one of them got up and headed out, and one of the children had been asleep in the car when they got home. And it was during one of the really hot days, and that child died. You gonna sweep that under the rug? Ain't gonna help. You gonna beat yourself up? It's not gonna. It's not gonna help you get past it. You gonna blame somebody? That's the the accuser of the brother, and that's what he likes to do. Now I'll tell you what you better do. You better find the ability to fully accept what God says. That He can give you peace that outweighs the chaos sat down, different members of the team ministered to him and I sat down with him and just shared that, you know what, you got more life than death. You're going to have to just accept forgiveness. You're going to have to get equipped so you can disarm the lies of the enemy because the enemy's coming and he's going to lie to you. And he's, he's going to use bits and pieces that look real, that look true, and he's going to use those to destroy you. And if you're not armed with the word of God, he will defeat you. You're going to have to be willing to look at this situation and say, okay, God, now how are we going to take this and apply Romans 8, 28, that God causes all things to work. I don't know how we're going to do this, God, but we're going to find ministry here somehow. And I just got to tell you that the, that, that, that couple and that, that young family, they're, they're, they're boldly walking in, into their future, embracing God life. That's awesome. You know, to God be the glory. But let me say this, that there are other families that haven't experienced quite that level of tragedy. 
They just went to the blaming game. They go ahead and beat themselves and everybody else up. They don't believe what God's word says. Because their problem's bigger than what that was. They don't have anything to disarm the lies of the devil. They're beat up from the street up. Their families are falling apart. I'm telling you, you can do life your way or you can do it God's way. When you do it your way, you're missing the mark. But the good news is that he said, though your sin is red like scarlet, I can wash you and make you white as snow. You want the power to overcome your past, to get past your past? You, what you need to do is really believe, give full acceptance of what God's word says. And you need to just open up your heart and say, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm, I'm going to stop trying to earn it. I'm just going to receive it. I'm going to be new. The old things, gone. Passed away. I'm going to let God do something in me that causes me to become a new person all together. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads for just a minute. And we're going we're gonna to pray a couple of prayers this morning. But if you're here today and you say, you know what? I need 